The Hit the Light Podcast featuring Big Frog and Michael Castleberry is on the air. Covering classic metal and comedy from San Diego, California. So now sit tight and hit the light. The Hit the Light Podcast is recorded live and uncensored. Big Frog in particular is not politically correct, so please don't be offended. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hit the Light Podcast. I am Big Frog along with... Blaze Castleberry. Blaze Castleberry. That's the best one so far. I love it. And this episode is dedicated to replacement singers in metal bands. Unfortunately, for whatever reason, sometimes bands just can't make it work and one guy's got to go and... The other guy comes in, and and usually it's rough going yeah. for the for the dude that takes the job. I mean, yeah. sometimes it's okay, but sometimes the the fans are unforgiving. Yeah, you know. Um, who are some of your favorites? Who are some of my favorites? <clears throat> well, that's a fucking short list. Right. Um, I'm gonna have to say the absolute my absolute favorite. Favorite, favorite would probably have to be Brian Johnson. Okay. In the sense that he stepped into a situation that's harder than most. This wasn't like, you know, other bands where there's like a, a rift between the singer and the guitarist and right. someone's got to go or this and that. It's the dude died. Right. You know, you know, Bon Scott died. And that is not a fucking easy thing for a band. Like when you're kind of, he's... He's the the ringleader right. in a way, and he was a very popular front man. Right. So if they get Brian Johnson from, uh, I can't remember. Budgie. Bud- I think the band was called Budgie or Jordy. Jordy is Jordy. Budgie something else. Budgie some other band. That but yeah, just did. a random dude that nobody really, really knew yeah. to step in. And I would have to say he's my favorite in the sense that you don't get too many times where a new singer comes in, especially in those circumstances, that just seemed universally accepted. Right. Like, there was not a fall-off at all as far as popularity in ACDC no. whatsoever. In fact, that's like they fucking released their best-selling album. Yeah. Which, up until uh, Thriller, was the best-selling album of all time. Yeah. was Back in Black. Right. So... This guy stepped into a tough situation and yeah. knocked it out of the park. Yeah, and it's at the point now. And I mean, he the fan base. I I mean, I hear people talk about like they prefer the older albums over his, but I've never seen a fan go like, "Oh, once Brian Johnson stepped in, then fuck, fuck that, they suck." Yeah. yeah, I've never heard that. I'm sure no. there's like one fucking crotchety weird dude in right. Australia somewhere. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, oh, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. They ain't shit with Brian. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's, what's funny is that, uh, is again, we heard, I heard, Back in Black first. Yeah. Right? That the song Back in Black was uh, was huge at, yeah. at that time. And um, we knew there was a singer before. Yeah. We didn't know very much about him. And then, for whatever reason, <clears throat> they uh, right after right after Back in Black came out, they re-released Dirty Deeds. Okay. Right, and Dirty Deeds had never been released in the United States. Okay. So that was like the it was like four or five years old, and then they just released it here, and it 
started doing well on the charts yeah. also. So you had two ACDC albums on the U.S. charts at the same time. And and one of them was Bon Scott. Yeah. Now, Dirty Deeds was not Bon Scott's best record. No. So it was kind of, there was a lot of people saying, oh, well, this dude, Brian Johnson, is much better. Yeah. You know, but then, of course, we went back and heard the old album. And, you know, the whole style of, um, like, you know, Bon Scott had that, like, I tell Lonnie, I go, yeah, like, he used to get a lot of chicks, and chicks used to like him, yeah. you know? And she just look, looks at him like, what? <laughs> you know, it looks like some, some homeless dude, I think, you yeah. know, or half a, you know, I go, yeah, but it was the look then, it was different. Yeah, you know, and different they, times. And, yeah, and they were, you know, and they were off She says and, as her aging, right. chubby boyfriend. Yeah, you know? <laughs> but, uh, so, there was a thing, there, there was a, but, yeah, chicks did like Bon Scott. Yeah. He was he had that like sleazy uh, stage persona. Yeah. No shirt, you know, tight pants, you know. You know, I can't see you chicks like really going like, man, I wanna fuck the shit out of Brian Johnson. Right. So so it. that's probably only place where they lost some uh, yeah. Some uh, of that, you that, know. That and he had a little bit of a he he had a different. I mean, that was the thing is they had it. They brought in a dude that could do the old shit for right. the most part. Right. And because you know, you know, Bon Scott had a big rock voice also, but he had a little bit more range to it too. Right. Like stuff like big balls is in him screaming the whole right, time. Right. He has right. That right. kind of weird. Yeah. Thing going on with that, but the overall thing that was so cool with it is. Usually when you get a new, it's like new singer, new me. Like mm. there's this like a, a shift in the band. Right. No, where the sound yeah. changes and ACDC just kept being ACDC. Right, right, and right. That's, right. you know, that's the, the strong point of that. Yeah. So that's why I have to say he's probably, he's got to be my favorite because of the fact that ACDC didn't really lose anything in it. They kept, they kept going up in popularity and the style never really changed. It right. was like they just it's and it's hard to not change the style with not having a sound alike singer. Right. They had a a guy that didn't sound like him that had the voice that could do the old shit but also you know right. not just being like oh this guy came straight out of a cover band. Yeah. Another thing too is that for whatever reason <clears throat> dudes that screech, you know, uh -huh. They have trouble recreating it live, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's why certain bands don't have like live albums, yeah. you know, and ACDC is kind of one of those where I think that um, that Bon Scott was a better live singer. Than, yeah, I know. can see that. I mean, I like I've, you know, listened to, you know, live shit from mm -hmm. ACDC and at least in the 80s, it was fucking tight. Mm -hmm. As it got older, um, I think Brian's voice kind of on stage uh i would actually say he kind of sounds like fucking like hard rock elmo like, yeah, something, something like <laughs> you that. know but yeah you know but those, those albums are fucking sick right but, but yeah i yeah. see what you mean like where there's a, there's a lot of that because like I, I i might have told this on here before I, I don't think so but it's possible when uh we go to magic mountain a mm -hmm. lot and and uh and during the there's this one ride, I can't think of the name of it, but right by there, there's a stage. Yeah. And they have this band, and like during Halloween, so they're like dressed like zombies and shit yeah. and whatever. 
But they're like, you know, a pretty decent cover band. I mean, it's yeah. L.A., you know, it's not that hard to find a band. Yeah. But they cover, like, all these, like, popular hard rock songs. And when they have, when they do Guns N' Roses, or when they do ACDC or whatever, they have a chick that sings. Because yeah. they don't have a dude that can do that. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it actually sounds better with a chick that can comfortably do it yeah. than with a dude that would be struggling, you know? Oh, yeah. So that's just the way it goes when you're trying to sing in that fucking range, oh, yeah. which is just ridiculous. I do a lot of karaoke, and I still have yet to be drunk enough to try ACDC. Yeah, that's that'd be like, hard. It's, it's, I know it's not going to be good. Yeah. And not that I'm, like, the greatest singer in the world, right. but I want to not embarrass myself yeah. when I do it. <laughs> well, I should drink a lot and do karaoke because that obviously I wouldn't do it sober. Yeah. I don't think any anybody would. <laughs> but uh, I have. I have you? Been, yeah. Jesus Christ, you you tough. But uh, I do Ozzy. I do Ozzy yeah. because I can just like kind of drone and kind yeah. of stay in that same. I don't have to. I'm not gonna hit a bad note because they're all the same. Yeah. You, you know. So that's cool. <laughs> all right. So who would you, who's your favorite replacement singer? I feel like I know, but I'm gonna let you yeah. say it. My favorite is off the reservation because it's right now. Okay. It's, I, that's, right it's now. not what I thought. Yeah. Man. No, my favorite uh, replacement singer is Todd Latore. Okay. He's the new singer in Queensrÿche. Okay. And he's fucking the shit. Like, because what happened, man, with Queensryche, and, <clears throat> like, during my time, there was a lot of Queensryche fans. Yeah. You know, and when I first heard Queensryche, it was on the radio. It was uh, on one of those, uh, like I said, late night fucking metal show yeah. type of things. And I was like, what? The first song that I ever heard was Queen of the Right. Yeah. And I thought, what the fuck is that? That's literally the only Queen's like song I really bang to. Right? <laughs> I yeah. like that song, but yeah. And I haven't heard any of their shit that's made me like go, oh sick. Oh it's man, like, well that first EP was all like that, yeah. as far as I was concerned. And but we didn't know what it was and, and his friend that was like he's like, Oh, that's that new Iron Maiden and I was like, Nah, yeah. I don't think that's the new Iron Maiden. But it sounds like something that sick, you know? Yeah. And so we found out who it was and 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 actually, when uh, when I started my band, we patterned ourselves after Queensrÿche because Queensrÿche, like when they had gotten signed, they had never even played live. You mm -hmm. know, they they were studio, record these songs and refine these songs. Yeah. And Jeff Tate, the original singer, he wasn't really in the band. He was like he was in another band, and they wanted him. For their band yeah but he was like ah, i kind of like this other thing better he was never really about metal you yeah. know and so he was still in his other band and queen's and then queen's broke so he left the other band obviously yeah. you know but he never like he never was like oh i'm all in with queen's fuck this yeah. other band he waited you know what i mean so so right off the bat i felt like you know his heart wasn't 100% in it, but whatever. Anyways, right around the third record, uh, Rage for Order, which okay. is a very popular Queen's Rag album, and a lot of people really love it. I like it, uh, but I could tell that they were going in a direction that I didn't want. Yeah. You know, and um, like Ozzy describes, um, 
technical ecstasy as a heavy metal Pink Floyd, uh-huh. which I disagree with that, you know. <laughs> but the direction that Queensryche was going was very much a heavy metal Pink Floyd. Yeah. And I wasn't feeling it, you know. And, you know, they did some cool shit. They did, the, like, the concept album, Operation Mind Crime, was, I think, their best-selling album to date. Yeah. So, obviously, they were doing big things. They were getting better, right? Yeah. But not to me. To me, they were going they were going downhill. And to the point where I would get, like, you know, I mean... When somebody says, "Hey, a band that you that you like from from your youth is coming," you get like yeah. excited. And you're like, "Yeah, you know." I the last time that I saw them with Jeff Tate singing, it was at the Fourth and B. Did you ever go to the Fourth and B? Uh no. No, Fourth and B was the coolest shit ever, yeah. and it went through different incarnations. But during yeah. this time, somebody was trying to make it like a really huge crash pad. Yeah. And there was like lounging couches around the outside, and oh. so there was there was that's not was really trip. conducive to a cool rock show, though. right? Well, but you could go to the front, <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, and basically, man, the last time I saw them, we sat down for for a lot of it, except yeah. for you know a few songs that 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 we jumped up for, and I also think it had something to do with those songs. Really not being the new direction of the band, and also that Jeff Tate wasn't really able to pull him off as great as he mm-hmm. had, and maybe that was a point of contention or whatever. But eventually, they 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 uh, parted ways. Yeah, and it was a trip because they parted ways uh, suddenly. You know, it was over some business shit where. Yeah where Jeff Tate's family was too involved and there might have been some shady shit and whatever, whatever, and it was like one day it's over, right? Yeah. That seems like the hardest way, the hardest possible time to find a fucking new singer. Yeah. But somehow they found this dude. And this dude is like... I don't want to say he sounds better than Jeff Tate because he doesn't sound better than... My original hearing of Jeff yeah. Tate, but he sounds better than just about every other time that I saw them. Yeah. So to me, I mean, and and he's definitely a better singer than Jeff Tate right now. Yeah. So to me, he brought like new life to the band. I've seen him three times since he joined. I'm gonna see him again, like in the next month. I think they're at Saquon. Okay. So I'm most definitely, but uh, tickets are pricey. But I'm probably gonna go to that. Yeah. And um, and their new record was the shit. The the last one that they came out with was one of the. I don't listen to a lot of new records. Yeah. But I definitely got that one, and it, it's on it's on the rotation. So yeah, my number one replacement singer is Tom Latore. That is nice. That thought I was a hundred percent certain you're gonna go with Bruce Dickinson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's I, on here. He's I know on how here. Mu- I know how much of a Iron Maiden fan you oh, are. Oh yeah. But uh, now I, I'm gonna flip it a little bit, and uh, because sometimes it's fun to vent and talk a little bit more about the uh, worst mm-hmm. <laughs> replacement ones. Mm-hmm. And I have a for me. There's a, it's kind of a tie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I, I fucking uh, capped, as I was told, I capped on Sammy Hagar quite a bit. Yeah. I, I'm not going to put him under there. 
because at least he has an audience. Um, it's kind of a tie for me between uh, Blaze Bailey and Gary Sharon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because Gary came into Van Halen and, like, at least Sammy had nobody fucking cared about Gary Sharon. Like, nobody wanted... No, I haven't found anybody that's go like, man, Van Halen 3 is an underrated album. It's a hidden gem. It's right. coming up. Like, it's just kind of this album that <clears throat> is pretty fucking whack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh... I don't know any, but I've yet to see like anyone talk about it on like rock radio and anything other than like, why the fuck did y'all do this? Right. It's always just like, if someone's interviewing Gary Sharon, it's like, so do you regret Van Halen (laughs) three? Like, and he's like, no. And he insists that it's probably going to get its due. Uh, Newsflash it's not. I don't, I don't think this is going to be one of those things where like someone finally picks it up and goes like, this is the best. But right. I don't know, but then again, I see comments on YouTube videos where people are like, this song's amazing. And I'm like, you like some weird shit, bro. Right. If, <laughs> right. if you're digging anything off that album. Yeah. And Blaze, it's kind of one of those things, too, where, um, you know, I've listened to the, the Blaze albums a bit yeah. for yeah. Iron Maiden. And um, I mean, they're not the worst thing I've ever heard. No. But the thing is, is they're definitely less good than both previous incarnations right. of, of right. Iron Maiden. And, yeah. And you got a guy that he can't, you know, he's got a different sound to him, so they took it in a different direction, mm-hmm. which is fine. I understand that. But you got a guy that can't sing the old songs for shit. Yeah. And that's where it fuck you got a problem because you got a big back catalog of shit that people want to hear. Right. And if you can't sing Run to the Hills for shit or right. Hollow Be Thy Name for shit, like yeah. your live show it ain't gonna be shit. Right. <laughs> you know, that's that's the rough thing with um with Iron Maiden is is that uh see Iron Maiden would never hire a dude like Todd LaTorre because they don't know him. Yeah. You know, they don't, they, so if they don't know him, they can't possibly like him. Yeah. And he's not a Brit. So that's like, that's like two strikes right off the bat that he's yeah. not going to be an Iron Maiden. You know what I mean? So because they tend to hire like dudes that they know and yeah. dudes that they like and dudes that are British. Yeah. You know, because they're a very British band. And, um, and yeah, man, we were listening to, the, to uh, that first one, uh, Virtual X. Or, yeah. I think, yeah, uh, and um, man, it was bad. And, and, <laughs> and you know what's funny is that I know why. I know why it was so bad is because the dude, uh, because I saw him live, right, mm-hmm. with with uh, Blaze, and his he just doesn't have a, a powerful voice. Like his voice doesn't cut through the band. Yeah, you know. So therefore, they have to put him really loud. Yeah, right, and. It's really easy to be annoying when you're really loud, you know. <laughs> so, so some of the shit on the on the albums is is so, annoying. Okay, so you uh, looks like you mixed up the albums a little bit. You kind of smashed them. The first one with Blaze was the X Factor. The X Factor, and the right. second one was Virtual Eleven, right? Which I okay, there you <laughs> which go. has an X. I knew in there it. were X's, right? But <laughs> the the one that we heard was the first one. Yeah, yeah, because I figured that that was the. That would be the best example, and also you know there's songs on that record that aren't Iron Maiden-y. 
Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're trying to also switch it up and maybe go in a direction. And then they they all have like one or two songs that are pretty solid, like yeah. Iron Maiden. But still, he just like, he doesn't do it, man. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, I think like, this is my theory and it might be a fucked up theory. But my theory is if you have two albums or so, like they did when they lost, when they got rid of the first singer, mm-hmm. then by all means, just go in a new direction yeah. and get a new guy, whatever, whatever, whatever. If you've already got however many, yeah, then it, you might want to go in and go with that dude that kind of sounds like the other dude. Yeah. You know, because it just makes it, because at that point, you're not really, you're trying to keep the fans you have more than trying to acquire a bunch of new fans. Yeah. I think. I mean, well, I mean, that, that makes sense. You've yeah. probably, at that point, especially with Maiden, you've already topped out in your popularity. Right. Um, you're probably never going to be bigger than you were, no. like, around Power Slave and yeah. shit like that. Yeah. As in, far, fact, in the States, they're right. they're always been huge, like, everywhere else. Right. But, yeah, you're not, I think every every band has kind of a cap mm-hmm. on what they're going to get. And you're not going to get more than that mm-hmm. at some point. Like Metallica, they're not going to get bigger than they, I mean, they're the biggest right. fucking band in the world at this right. point, but you know, you're never going to be, but you're still never going to be bigger than they were in, you know, 91, 92. Right. Right. Like, that's kind of the thing. And right. like you said, it's like, you're not, you just, well, yeah, like you said, you kind of want to keep the old fans. Like the thing is, you don't want to play it too safe. Yeah. Just, release shit that you think that they want to hear because right. that's a good way to just get into that rut also right. where you're not being true to yourself right but at the same time like if you're like this is a whole new direction for I, iron maiden it's like who the fuck is that for you know what i guess it is <laughs> you know what i guess it is and it, and it sucks but i guess when you look when you're looking at it in hindsight it's like if it worked out then they did the right thing. Yeah. If it didn't work out, they, you know, because like, Todd Latore is a sound alike. Yeah. He sounds like Jeff Tate. Yeah. You know, and and it worked. Yeah. They, you know, because that's after so many records, that's what Queensryche sounds like. Yeah. So it worked out. Whereas uh, with Bruce, them going kind of, I mean, um, Blaze, with them going in a different direction after Bruce, it didn't work out. Yeah. You know, it's like and they, they already made that shift once. They kind of took right. it in a different direction when they got Bruce. Right. And it's like, you can't unring that bell yeah. at that point. It was like, you're going to shift direction again. Like, they were coming up when right. you did that before. Now yeah. it's like... Also, too, if you if you want to uh, have, like, a little equivalencies, the music that Bruce was making during that time was much better <laughs> than, what, than what maybe yeah. he was doing. So, yeah. So, I mean... Sorry, Blaze. I mean the fu- the funny thing is it's it's a it's a fucking gamble when you do that if you want to go in a new direction or if you want to do a sound alike because you know Judas Priest hired you know Tim Ripper Owens right. who I wanted to talk about a little bit here right as their sound alike guy yeah and it also didn't do shit <laughs> right but it but it, it sounded good live it sounded good live and it and they they maintained their spot, like in the lexicon, 
enough for Halford to eventually want to come back. Yeah. Which is the same thing that Maiden did. Yeah. Pretty much, you know. But, I mean, I don't think that was... I, I don't know the, the ins and outs because what I have always gathered with Bruce and Maiden is the fact that it's from, from the get-go, it's been more of a, you know, a business partnership with them. Like, he's... He comes in and he sings the songs that they want him to sing for the most part. And every once in a while, he gets a wild hair up in his ass and he wants to write more. But it's never, you know, it's been like he was hired, you know, to be like a, a family member or anything. Like he's kind of like it's a business venture for them with him, it seems like. But sort of. I mean, you well, I mean, the harsh reality is that it is. It always is. Yeah. You know, um, but like. I think that Bruce, uh, Bruce was, Bruce has his own ideas, right? Yeah. And even after just finishing his book, yeah. I just read it, I really have no idea why he left, you know, because he spends just as much time explaining to you what the inside of a cockpit of a 747 looks <laughs> like as he does trying to explain why he left the band, yeah. other than, you know, it, it was time. You know, I had my own things that I needed to do and whatever, whatever. And and it was cool. And, you know, he did he did some cool shit. He yeah. did some cool shit. It didn't it wasn't huge. Yeah. And kind of thank God, because then that's why he came back. Yeah. You know, Halford, the shit that he did while while he was gone was weird. You yeah. know, fight. He had that other thing. He had uh, he was recording some with um, Trent Reznor and. Mm -hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, I was in I was in prison when uh, I first heard Disturbed. Okay. Right, and I heard that Halford was doing music with Trent Reznor, and when I first heard Disturbed, I thought maybe that was Halford with Trent Reznor. <laughs> Anyways, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, I mean, I I like Fight Okay. It's yeah. not it's. That's probably okay. the least weird thing he's done. It's I had that strange. album. Yeah. I had that Halford album, Resurrection. That's yeah. a good record, you know. Yeah, but he that fight was pretty straightforward. Yeah, right? he yeah he went through his period where he's like, oh, I'm gonna try some you know industrial shit. Right. Which you know it's kind of funny that he did that because they kind of already almost tried to do a little bit of an industrial type sound with Maiden before, and it was like hit or miss. Mm. Um, with Jew with Priest. Yeah, it, yeah, with Priest, yeah. where it was like, uh, you know, it's when they just had a, like an entire album that had like a drum machine. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. And people were like, not a big fan of it. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, the funny thing but is. But I think that, I think this was, this one was going to be like more like kind of, you know, embracing the the gay animal and the, the whole, you know, Trent yeah. Reznor, look at the shit he does in with yeah. That's what I figured it was going to be. But yeah, back you know. to, like I said, I want to talk about Ripper a little bit just because he got brought in and it's like, the guy's like, kind of like the rock and roll, like fucking Cinderella story where you get mm -hmm. to be in the band that you're in a tribute band right. for. And they made the movie. Have yeah, seen, and then Rockstar the is loosely based on it yeah that's the thing it was originally straight up supposed to be about uh ripper and right. made in judas priest and right. all that and apparently uh some some shit fell through with it so yeah. they decided to loosely base yeah well in the it. movie he's out because he's gay 
Yeah. So I don't think that's what happened with, with yeah, Priest. No. I think they had many other differences, and most people knew already knew he was gay. You know. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, as kids, we didn't know. Yeah. I cannot fathom how that was now. Well, when you look back, and it's like they're all definitely dressed like gay dudes. Right. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? I there. I've seen video of the US Festival. Okay. Of the and and uh, that just if you just watch Halford the whole time, that's like the gayest shit ever that yeah. you ever see. So not so, that there's anything wrong with that. Right. I mean, but right. But he's definitely more Freddie Mercury than. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but that but like that that might be why they didn't do the movie like that because in the movie, that's why he's out of the band. Yeah. Because they don't want people to find out that he was gay. Yeah. But um, so yeah, all right. R oh, Ripper. But Ripper, it's funny to me because he's had a okay little career. Yeah. Afterwards, he was in Iced Earth for mm -hmm. an album. Um, now. I try not to laugh because I swear to God, it's like, if you want to listen to a fucking tribute album that's a tribute to anything, Ripper's going to be oh, on really it, young. dude. Yeah. And it's like, I was listening to one um, the other day that was, I don't, it, I'm going to assume it's probably different from one that you had listened to, but it was a tribute to Randy Rhodes. Yeah. And like... Eight out of ten songs on that album were Ripper singing. Yeah, and <laughs> you know? Rudy Sarzo on bass. Yeah, 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 and it was like, yeah, and then like one was uh, uh, Serge Tankian from yeah. System of a Down doing Crazy Train and shit right, like right, that. Right, right, right. But it's just Tim Ripper Owens on everything, and right. then it's like there was another one where I like was looking through, and it's like a tribute to Ozzy Osbourne and Black Sabbath, mm -hmm. and there's Ripper singing Mr. Crowley on it, and yeah, you know that's a pretty decent version that Mr. Crowley. I like it. I'm hit or miss with it. Yeah, sometimes I listen to it, I'm like, this is all right. Yeah, on the other, the more I listen to it, the more I like it. I think the problem was when I first listened to it, and I was like, okay. I may have had the volume up a little too much and I had my headphones in mm. and I did not expect him to come in with his, you know, yeah. Halford scream right. with it, where it's, Mr. Crowley! Yeah. Like, and yeah. I'm like, fuck! Yeah. <laughs> you know, startled the shit out of me. Right. And I'm like, I don't know about this. And then it's got, you know, Ingve uh, kind of just doing doing an Ingve thing in it. So right. I've warmed up to it a little bit more. But at the time, I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. And he's just, yeah, he's like on everything. Yeah. It's not like, you know, an original album thing. Yeah. Well, Ripper was on two Ingve albums. Okay. That are really good ones. I like them both. And uh, I like him as a singer. He's in Dio Disciples now. Okay. Him, him, him and the other dude that I can't think of the dude's name, but he's the singer from Lynch Mob. And they tag team the Dio parts, okay. you know, and it's good. I mean, you know, it, it's it's good because this is the only place you're gonna go hear Dio songs. You know, nobody yeah. else is playing Dio songs no more. So, so it's rad. Dio disciples, I, I go see them like practically every time. I okay. think they're coming soon. All we right. should go. I, it, I think it, so. It'll be fourth. It'll be a brick by brick. Yeah. You know, twenty bucks. Tw yeah. Like that. Yeah. Use the excuse. No, it's for the podcast. Yeah. It's, it's work related. Yeah, it's work related. And so this is a work related expense when I'm yeah. telling my wife why I'm going to another show. 
<laughs> All right. For my next one that I want to bring up is a dude that most people don't really know is a replacement singer at all because okay. they only made one album without him, and that's Joey Belladonna from Anthrax. Okay. Right? <clears throat> Basically, when he came into the band, that's when people became aware of Anthrax, right? Yeah. Now, before that, it was a dude named Neil Turbin on that first album was called Fistful of Metal. Yeah. Right? That's that famous album cover with the with the that fist is coming through the back of the head. Yeah. You know. But um it's funny because I've heard and read in interviews a million times that Metallica told uh told Scott Ian that they needed a new singer, that um that uh Megadeth told him, you know, other other bands were constantly saying you need to get rid of this Neil Turbin guy. Right? Okay. <clears throat> which is crazy to me because I love that first record, that uh, Fistful of Metal. I think it's a great record, and I think Neil Turbin's great on it. Yeah. Now, he does have that kind of a fucking voice that makes you think he's not going to be able to sing like that forever. Yeah. We go, But I liked it. Unfortunately for him, Joey Belladonna is an amazing singer, dude. <laughs> you know, I mean, he like he's got all the range, you know, I've seen like carry uh, like videos of him like I don't know what he's doing. It looks like some kind of weird corporate gig, you know. <laughs> but he's but he's like singing like "Don't Stop Believing" and like nailing it, you know, huh. nailing all this Steve Perry shit. So it's like he's really really good singer, and though and the first uh, EP that they came out with, um, "Armed and Dangerous," fuck, I love that shit. And I was hoping that that was going to be the new direction of the band, which was going to be melodic and heavy. Mm-hmm. It ended up they started doing some that weird rap shit and the <laughs> weird beats and yeah. we you know Indians and which is cool and I liked it and everything. And he still gets to show off his his pipes, which which he has. <clears throat> but man, I really wish that he that they would have went that direction of that EP, that Armed and Dangerous EP. And for that reason, based on the EP and based on everything that he did after that, he's one of my favorite. Uh, okay. Replacement singers. Okay, I can see that. I've never been super big into Anthrax myself. Mm-hmm. They're of the big four. They're number four for me. Right. Um, they're the you know they're that band that if it's on. I'll mm-hmm. fucking listen to it, but I'm not gonna really go out of my way right. to listen to Anthrax. Right. Um, there's just something about it that never quite yeah spoke to me. I think it's just because like they they're the most. It's funny because they're like the big four and thrash, but they're they sound the least like you know right. the three right. because of you know Belladonna yeah which. I, maybe I'm just maybe I'm very superficial, but the name you know Belladonna doesn't mm. sound badass. <laughs> yeah, vocalist to me. Yeah, that's, some Stevie that's, Nicks that's, shit. That's a pretty lady name. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you know? it is. But uh, but you know it's he's a good vocalist. Yeah, he, I wouldn't call him a good thrash metal vocalist. Right. Yeah. He's got he's a much better singer than than any of the other big four guys. Right. 
but that's not right. what I was into. Yeah, see, that's time. what Neil Turbin was more like. Yeah. It was, he was more like one of those dudes. I think it's funny having motherfuckers like Hetfield telling dudes that they need a new singer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially in oh, that. Oh, it probably wasn't Hetfield. It was probably somebody else. Yeah, I can't, you Yeah, know, I don't think he would have. Especially in the 80s. You right. Know, I, I think, I think uh, James is a slightly underrated vocalist once he uh, took those vocal classes and shit like that. Right. And, you know, he actually got a lot more tone to his voice. Yeah. And then he ended up blowing. He was on borrowed time because he took those classes because he fucking shredded his vocal cords mm-hmm. uh, recording the uh, Garage Days re- uh, Revisited right. <clears throat> right. LP. And then uh, apparently blew it out singing So What, I think is what it was. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he had to rehab it, and then he took vocal classes. But he ended up with a much powerful voice for a while. Right. But eventually his voice yeah. went again, because yeah. you can only keep that going for so long after you've shredded them once. Right. But uh, See, that's, and that's another thing, like what you were talking about, about anthrax, because <clears throat> I, I put on some anthrax the other day, and Lonnie was like, kind of like, what's this supposed to be you know <laughs> and and I was like yeah that's that's kind of a good response because you know I'm one of those dudes that it's funny because I love a lot of things I love um horror movies mm-hmm. I love comedy yeah I love heavy metal I love pornography right <laughs> but I don't like any of those things Combined. to be mixed, you don't right? Want horror I don't porn, want no, yeah, I don't want no horror comedy porn, metal. comedy metal, comedy porn. You know, <laughs> is that well? I mean, oh, like, yeah, a lot of porn is, is fucking comedy. Yeah, if anyway. it's if, if it's see now, that's fine. If it's unintentionally funny, that's perfect. That's great. That's I fine. have never sat down about you know what I need to do while I'm jacking it. No, no, <laughs> yeah, you know, or be scared suddenly, you know. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but but you know, Anthrax kind of fucking they that does that thing. Yeah, they weren't serious. They weren't that serious. Yeah, like, I wanted them to be more serious. You know, you know, Lonnie's reaction to Anthrax was pretty much when we were talking about uh, the uh, solo Kiss albums. Is when I'm listening to the Gene Simmons. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, singing, uh, you know. Um, uh, when you wish upon a star, that's my reaction. Of, right. What is this supposed to be? <laughs> right. But uh, that's a, that's an interesting reaction to Anthrax. Yeah. I mean, I don't hate them. I don't go like fuck Anthrax. No, I like them and I love them live. They're great. Yeah. They're but great. They've ne- I've never been super like I need to listen to some yeah. Anthrax right this fucking second. Right. They also they also never had like that really 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 top shelf guitar player that you know yeah. that. So that that was kind that of that really kind of uh, yeah. But as far as Joey, top notch man, yeah. he's he's great. And again, a dude that for whatever reason wasn't able to do anything because he was out of the band for a while. Yeah, and he they wasn't had, able to uh, do couple anything. Couple albums with another guy. Yeah, that, which was the dude from uh, Armored Saint. Yeah, which he's a good singer too. Yeah, I just saw Armored Saint a while back, and they were good. I think my problem with Anthrax. Um, is I like consistency in a band, mm-hmm. and I like a consistent lineup. Yeah. And Anthrax kind of shifts around too much for my liking. Yeah. Um, which, yeah. You know, the thing is, is you know, like I like Slayer. I like them for this fact that they were fairly consistent. Very consistent with their with their core. Um, 
Megadeth, that's another band that not a very not very consistent with the lineups, but when they kind of had that kind of classic lineup mm-hmm. for a few albums there, those albums fucking ripped. Yeah. So it's like, you know. And I, these last few have been really good too. Yeah. They went through like kind of a renaissance there yeah. where like Megadeth was done yeah. for a bit. Like Dave had that whole thing where he fell asleep on his arm or some mm-hmm. shit and had nerve damage in his playing hand yeah. and he couldn't but he rehabbed it and then he came back with like a series of fucking shred, yeah. like fucking heavy just really good thrash albums yeah and then it kind of like on 13 yeah it was fire they kind of went away again and yeah. i was like eh, i'm over because i bought those albums like like the second they came out right like i think well it's like the system has failed i bought and it was like oh this is sick yeah so like the next ones that came out i was like boom immediately yeah. the second i was on the shelves you know i was working at target at the time right. so it's like the second i saw it i was like boop mine yeah um and then uh, 13 came out and I bought it immediately and I brought it home. I'm like, this album's kind of fucking whack. Mm. And then apparently their next album was even more whack. Mm. And then they came back with another album that was really good again. And then I'm right. like, ah, but I've been burned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's oh. like, you know what? I think I'm going to listen to Rest in Peace again. There you go. But, uh, there you go. And you know what? Another thing that I like about uh, that I like about Megadeth, you know, which funny funny enough, like Lonnie was really able to get past the corniness of Megadeth really fast. Yeah. She's just like I'm like but they're so corny. She's like all that shit's corny, and I'm like oh you got a okay point. <laughs> <laughs> all right you know I go but it's just a little too corny. Nah, it's all it's good. Yeah, no, it's you know? that's I was the like, thing. All right. Let, let's be honest. Um, a lot of metal. Is kind of fucking retarded, right? You and, know, but I love it. But I never wanted to think that. Yeah, I never wanted to think that. It's like I think I had this talk with a chick one time where we're we're talking about metal, um, and we were joking around about the fact that it's sort of all stupid. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't. <laughs> yeah, but but it's like a it's an earnest stupidity, like, right? Get behind it, but it's like cool despite it's it. A stupidity it, you can believe in. Yeah, it's you can really get behind it's yeah. like you know like it's fun it is you're not supposed to take it super seriously oh, but see I always took it so serious that's that's know. what I'm saying like I always like I like I mean it. I took it serious to an extent but it's like there's when it stopped there's uh, for me metal is at its best when it's a little bit tongue in cheek mm-hmm. when it's you know we're gonna sing about Satan wink wink type right. of shit it's when they like all start wearing corpse paint and burning down churches and fucking murdering each other. And right. It's like, hey, hey, calm the fuck down, right. Norway. Like, yeah. That's <laughs> too serious. Like Black Sabbath was just singing about like yeah. Satan and shit. You yeah. guys are like trying to like bring Satan to life. Like you need to like relax. And that was like that's why I never got into the the black metal yeah. and shit like that. It's because it's not tongue in cheek anymore. It's not fun anymore. And, um, you know, they're like legitimately like there's murders being happening and oh, church yeah. burnings. And it's like, yo, man, uh, y'all lost. <laughs> you right. lost me there. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. We got to talk about Dio. Okay. I mean, he's a replacement singer. I mean, yeah, technically, you know, it's funny that it's like I... I think of him so much as like 
his own thing yeah. that it's like he doesn't he didn't even like pop into my mind as a replacement singer right um as far, you know I'm still gonna stick by my pick as Brian Johnson mm-hmm. just because he stayed with the band mm-hmm. but yeah no Dio did come in and killed it killed it and he you know he already had his uh you know he already had a you know rainbow behind him right. and a couple of Elf albums, so he had that yeah. whole thing going for him. Right, right. <clears throat> but, he uh, he was feeling strong. You know, he, yeah. But he was still in that position where it only lasted the time it lasted because right. he still wasn't getting to be the dude. Right. And he's tired of not being the dude in the yeah. band. Like he wants to be the guy, and you know. He's like, I'm one of the greatest fucking singers in the world, and Blackmore's name is it's Richie Blackmore's Rainbow, right? You know, and then he's in Black Sabbath, and it's like you could tell he didn't like singing the Aussie songs. Yeah, you know, he never. Yep. That was the thing. That's the only downside to me is he never fully embraced the full catalog. Yeah, yeah. Where you no. know, sometimes you got to do that when you come in, man. Just right. like swallow your pride, and you can tell he when you listen to Live Evil. There's a lot less enthusiasm oh, yeah. when he's singing those Ozzy songs. Yeah. And those are classic fucking great songs. But what's weird is when he was in Rainbow, he sang the shit out of uh, Deep Purple songs right. when he was asked to. Right. You know, he would do Mistreated and fucking kill it and seem to really... I think it was just the fact I don't... He never respected Ozzy. Probably. I mean, they, those songs would be hard to sing. I yeah. mean, but, you know, I mean, I think when you're the fucking best singer in the world or one of them, you should be able to to do something a little better than than that. Yeah. And um, and and I mean, and the band went out of their way, because even if you were to take if you were to take the uh, the the music track of a live, let's say, um Paranoid, yeah. right? You can't just put Ozzy in there because it's a different song. Yeah. It's a, it's like they play it fucking like way faster. Yeah. Way uh, with different breaks and different dynamics. It's a, it's weird the way, yeah. you know, that they changed so much that when they got back with Ozzy, they had to like go back and listen to the records and like yeah. rehearsal. Remember how we used to play it. Yeah. That's how much of a change that was. Probably wrap this up in a minute. Yep. Okay. So, um, any honorable mentions? I get you know honorable mentions. I think I would toss in um, what I the the emergency singers. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) When you got guys like Halford stepping in with Sabbath, right? um, Costa Mesa to uh, to you know do a concert from because you know Dio. Said no, you know I'm not opening for I'm, Ozzy. I'm not opening for Ozzy yeah. or um, Axl Rose first for, for ACDC. Yeah. Um, you know it's kind of funny. It's funny because they've had they've Black Sabbath is one of those weird bands where they've had more replacement singers than they've had singers on albums. Right. <laughs> they've had you know some dude step in for a minute when Ozzy left mm-hmm. in the 70s. Dave Walker or some yeah, shit some like shit. that. And he, and they, then Ozzy came back and they had cut tracks with them. Yeah. And then they were like, well, sorry, bud. Yeah, and bummer then, for um, that dude. In between, uh, 
and then it's uh, you had a what's his face that sang for him live for a little bit in between like uh, was it in between Seven Star? Yeah, and Ray Gillen. Ray Gillen. Yeah, he was he was singing live for him, but yeah. then they didn't finish the album with him. Right. And uh, and it's they almost had it was uh, according to the David Lee Roth's book when they're opening for for Sabbath. Mm. Um, Ozzy was nowhere to be fucking seen. They did not know where Ozzy was for one show. Mm-hmm. So they were asking Dave to come in and sing Sabbath. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know the songs, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then sure enough, Ozzy showed up like, hey, what's everybody fucking got a problem with? Hey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and and that was towards the end of his run. Right. Yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm just trying to think of the what if of David Lee Roths doing a, a concert with Black Sabbath. Right. What the fuck that would sound like. <laughs> right. I'm probably bad. <laughs> yeah. I like Dave. Well, you know, Dave, I don't know. He might have been able to do it, but it would have been weird. <laughs> yeah, it would have been weird. It would have been but, weird. But uh, I would, you know, I, I want to go to that alternate universe where yeah. we had to see David Lee Ross sing Children of the Grave. Speaking of alternate universe, I was thinking this when we were talking about uh, the albums, and we both had an Iron Maiden album. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was discussing, uh, you know, uh, Infinity Theory okay. the other day and, you know, getting all Rick and Morty with it. Yeah. And I was <laughs> telling Lonnie, I go, you know, if these fools are right, then there's an alternate reality where there is a third Iron Maiden album with Diano. Mm. And they thought about calling Bruce, but they just said, nah. <laughs> you know, I wonder what that would sound like. Yeah. But um, but yeah, for my honorable mentions, I'm going to go with uh, Jolyn Turner. Okay. Time that it did work out because I love those records and I love that shit. Even though, you know, and and Dio was doing great shit anyway, so I didn't miss Dio and Rainbow. Yeah. You know? And um, and a time that it didn't work out, although it worked out for the dude, is when uh, David Coverdale joined Deep Purple. Yeah. Because I don't like that shit. I, mean, <laughs> I like I don't like that shit at all. No. But I like David Coverdale and I like what a lot of the shit that he did later. You know. I like his shit in Deep Purple. I I think it's the Glenn Hughes that throws me off. Okay. It's always the Glenn Hughes that yeah. throws me off. <laughs> that was my fa- that was one of my favorite hot takes before was your uh just flat out I don't respect Glenn Hughes. No, no, I mean I know I <laughs> I mean, I didn't, no, you said, uh, you said I respect him. You said yeah. I don't appreciate him. Yeah, I don't. Use. All right. So that's it for another edition of the Hit the Light podcast. I'm Big Frog. Blaze Castleberry. So the <laughs> next one, we're out. All right.